Welcome to the Skyda Softball Podcast. Your host, Matt Scott, will be interviewing players from past events and future events. And now, your host, Matt Scott. This episode, we just want to thank some of the Skyda Softball sponsors, K-Town Cafe and Ice Cream, located in Kershaw, South Carolina, the 521 Filling Station, also right here in Kershaw, South Carolina, Coach Billiards Pool Hall, Plexus Health, Lynch's River Co-op, Trey Cook Law, Bob Cook Law, Blackman Brothers Insurance Group. And we once again thank those who have supported the Sky to Softball game as the 2021 Sky to Softball game raised over $10,000, which helps a lot of kids go to Camp Sweet Escape in the coming summer. So sit back and enjoy this episode of the Sky to Softball podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for another episode of the Sky Softball Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Scott, and on this episode, we got a special guest. He is out of New York. He is one of the most popular footwear designers in the game of major in the game of baseball. Anthony DeLuccia, thank you for finally coming on. It's been long overdue. Thank you, man. Absolutely. My pleasure, my brother. So let's get this ball rolling. Just Give, give the folks at home just a little background about you because we've, you know, I've promoted your footwear before because you made some products for us, which we'll get into later on. But just give a little background with you, you know, just a little bit of details and along with who was your favorite team player growing up? Sure. So, um, like you mentioned, I designed custom cleats and sneakers, um, been designing all different types of footwear for, I guess it's almost four years now. Um, and growing up, I was a huge Mets fan, um, but my mom was always a Yankees fan. So I always grew up in a household where, you know, there was always rooting for both teams. And as I've gotten older, I've myself started to root for both teams. You know, if the Yankees are playing the Mets, I'll of course always root for the Mets because it's kind of like where my roots are as a kid, but um, they're both playing. I'm watching both of them every night. So what, what got you into wanting to design footwear so i've always been a sneakerhead i've been collecting sneakers for i'd say almost 12 years and even as a little kid i always liked having jordans and cool nikes um and i've obviously always been a fan of baseball and for my mets and studying all the different stats on players uh baseball cards and just always had a huge passion for both hobbies and uh you know, in the middle of college, you know, how it is um, trying to pull some money together, work in two, three jobs while studying and, you know, trying to finish my degree and uh, just started it as a hobby. Um, you know, I started out restoring some shoes. Um, I remember my girlfriend's brother gave me a pair of Jordans to restore for him. And, you know, they were already pretty beat up and I just made them even worse. Um And then there was one pair of sneakers that I always wanted that were pretty much unattainable because of the price point, Um, this black and red pair of Jordan ones. And uh, me and my buddy who restored shoes in high school, you know, we sat at his kitchen counter for maybe 30 hours throughout the week and and turned these all black sneakers into the black, red and white sneakers that I I always wanted. And um, just from there, just fell in love with the, uh, the process and, started painting shoes and made an Instagram page about it. And uh, like they say, the rest is history. So what are some of your other styles of shoes 
you know, per personally. Sure. Um, so like I said, I, I love collecting Air Jordans, but uh my big thing that that got me into sneakers was the LeBron James line. Um yeah. I was never good at basketball, but I always loved the sneakers that the guys were wearing on the court. So um the first nice pair of sneakers I ever bought myself was a pair of LeBrons. So that kind of set me on trend to to start collecting and uh you know just fall in love with with the whole culture. Yeah, I think when I was in I want to say sixth grade. I think the first ever pair of sneakers I really kind of looked into, even though great and kind of like you said, I wasn't good at basketball, but I, I just you know <laughs> real good was uh it was one of the Kobe Bryant shoes. Oh yeah, all the Kobe's purple, are great. The purple and yeah, gold shoes. Purple and gold. Um how old are you how old are you now? I'm 23 now. I'm trying right, to so I'm 24. So you're probably thinking about either the Kobe fives or the Kobe sixes, because that's about that time range. That that it time. might have been the sixes because I remember it had like the uh, I guess you could say like the stamp or whatever as a signature on the back of the shoes. Yeah, those are the sixes. They got the like the snake skin all around them. Uh, I, I'll have to look up, look that up and get back to you on that because I've okay. Like I said, those are the first ever shoes I really invested in, and after that, I just kind of you know. Just I, I got back into just wearing co comfortable tennis shoes that I just for working out and stuff. Yeah, I got you. The the whole Kobe line's awesome though. All those yeah, sneakers. Oh, without doubt. So yeah. uh, one other thing I want to pick your brain about, you know, I, I kind of did a little background on your website. You're an improved footwear designer by Major League Baseball. Luckily, yes. I would say luckily because the stuff you put out there is amazing. But my question being, how does that pro how did that process go and come about? You know, because it's obvious it can't happen on a daily basis. Yeah. So when I first started doing this in 2017, there was, you know, custom shoes have been around for I don't know, maybe almost 30 years at this point. Um, and there's some OGs you know, in the game that are still doing it and still painting. But um, in Major League Baseball specifically, there was never any like real regulation on customs. It was kind of just like, as long as your shoes have a certain percentage of like the primary team color, mm -hmm. you could wear them. It doesn't matter if they're painted, they came like that from the store or from the company that sponsors you. But uh, I guess as the custom culture kind of started to, you know, get a little more detailed and guys were starting to express their personalities on their shoes, um major league baseball i believe in 20 i think it was 2019 they implemented basically this whole regulation system where if you wanted to be someone who designs custom shoes or custom equipment for major league baseball players you had to go through this approval process um where basically you would apply kind of like for a job you apply for the position and you would hear back in a few weeks whether or not you were approved or not um, right. and i don't really know what that that process looks like internally um, yeah. i just i get i send in the form i get an email back that says okay. yes or no and then just go from there yeah yeah so nothing i'm curious about who was the first nlb guy to reach out to you or the first nlb guy you worked with so the first major league player I ever worked with was uh, this guy, this pitcher for the Astros named Jordan Jankowski. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he was my first big league client. Um, but the first major league client that I really built a, a longstanding relationship with and who kind of got us in the door um, with working with other major league clients was Rob Rev Snyder. And he was probably my third major league client, but I'll always consider him like the first guy that really worked with me and, and gave me a, my first break. It's ironic enough that you say Rep, Rep, about Rob, because I've seen him come through as the visiting guy, you know, in Charlotte, whether he was with the Yankees organization, Tampa Bay's organization. So that's, that's interesting to know. So whenever, if he does come back around, I'm, I'm definitely going to ask him about it. Yeah, he's awesome, man. Um, I've, I've met him a handful of times and uh, gotten to you know, show my, my thanks and appreciation for all he's done for my brand and, and getting my name out there and giving me the opportunity to, to keep improving on, on these shoes. So have you worked with any minor league guys? Yeah, I mean, uh, over the years, I've probably worked with, I'd say, almost a thousand, maybe even over a thousand minor league guys. Okay. Um, you know, I don't remember all the names exactly. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, I just never knew if it was just if any minor league guys ever reached out to you either. So I was kind of curious about that. Yeah. So um, a lot of minor league guys reach out throughout the year. Um, but like I said, a lot of things are starting to become more centralized in baseball. So you know, a lot of these minor leaguers, you know, I don't even think five years ago, all of them had representation or agents and now everybody's got an agent. So yeah. these agencies, you know, when they order stuff for their big league guys, they'll throw in some shoes for their minor league guys as well. So what's who, I guess it's kind of a two for one question because sure. I want, I want to pick your brain about how, you got involved with the back-to-back home run derby winner, Pete oh, yeah. Alonso and David Wright. And the other half of that question is, what, what's been your favorite shoe to design as far as MLB guys go? So I guess it's hard to kind of put a, a finger, like a like pinpoint my right. absolute favorite guy to work with. Um, but definitely one of my favorite projects was working – with David Wright for his last game ever in his career, um, getting to paint two pairs of cleats for him for that day, you know, give him some options to step out on the field one last time and, you know, design the cleats that when he hangs them up, those, those are the cleats that are being hung up, hung up on the, the locker door. So um, that was, you know, like I said, growing up as a Mets fan, easily my favorite project that I've ever gotten to work on. Um, and he, he was my idol growing up. You know, I had a signed baseball from him. I didn't have much memorabilia growing up, but I had a signed baseball from David Wright. I had David Wright T-shirts, jerseys. Um, so I admired him growing up. So getting to work with him was was unbelievable. So how did that project even come about? So I was in school. I was in college. I was either a freshman or sophomore in college. And uh, I was waiting in between classes. And I got a notification on my phone that said, you know, 1 o'clock p.m., uh, press conference with David Wright. And I was like, oh man, like he hasn't played in a while. Like, is he announcing his return? Is what, you know, what's, what's he going to say? And, you know, I skipped class and I, I watched him do his, his speech and uh, the conference and, you know, unfortunately announced his retirement, you know, battling all those injuries throughout his career. Right. And, uh, you know, I wasn't super connected with like any athletes or, any agents or agencies and man, I just went through my phone book. And once I heard he was retiring, I reached out to literally anybody I thought could possibly have a connection. 
to David or his agent. I was just like pretty much begging um, for the opportunity to work with him for that last game. Cause I knew how special it was going to be for him. Um, and you know, all the, the great memories that he gave me as a Mets fan, I, you know, I wanted to, you know, any part or contribution I can make to make that last game for him, just even a little extra special, you know, was going to mean the world to me. Um, so luckily I reached out to one agent who actually worked at the agency that represented David and they put me in contact with David's guy and, you know, just reached out and, and told him, you know, my whole history of being a Mets fan and being a huge David Wright fan. And, you know, he said, he's going to talk to him and get back to me. And within 10 minutes, there were two pairs of shoes being shipped to my house to deliver the next day. So it was so surreal getting those phone calls and, and hearing I was going to get that opportunity. And I'll always be thankful for that. So how long did the, I guess you could say the process take for making those shoes for David? Uh, start to finish. So I did two pairs. I did one pair that kind of had all his accolades written across the shoes in orange on like a, a all black cleat. And then the other shoe or the other pair that he actually ended up wearing in the game um, was half New York Mets themed and then half Captain America themed. Doing both of those pairs, you know, like I said, I wasn't too experienced in doing the customs yet. Maybe I only worked on, you know, couple hundred pairs and uh it probably took me about 30 hours to do the two pairs you know i remember i think it's when we first kind of got introduced to each other you know me and you i seen those days because i once i realized you're the one behind those cleats i'm thinking man this is this guy's got some special stuff i'm like how is he like letting a small guy like me work with a guy like you who's done so much with like guys like David Wright, Pete Alonzo, which we're about to get into, you know, how, how did Pete Alonzo come back? Like I said, I know you're a Mets guy and all of a sudden you're working with the home run derby champ who can crush him about 450 in Denver. Oh yeah. Yeah. He he's exciting to watch, man. And, and he's a great dude. So it was 2019. He was a rookie. Um, and social media is just a beautiful tool in a lot of ways. Um, the beginning of every year, I'm, I'm actually starting to go through the process now. I just put together a message that I sent to every agent, every player, uh, every business, just to get the idea in people's heads that, you know, this is what I do. And if they're interested in my services, I'm here to provide them for them. And, uh, you know, I reached out to Pete's agent. Um say maybe in May of that year, you know, he was just coming onto the scene and, um, you know, there, there was word that he was going to be in the home run derby. Uh, his stats were obviously good enough that he was going to be an all-star, whether or not he participated in the derby and uh, just reached out in it and asked if he was interested. And his agent, John is a wonderful man and uh, super generous and super kind. And he literally said, Hey man, go to city field, you know, go tell him who you are work your way into the dugout, go have a conversation with Pete. This is on you guys. You go enjoy yourself and, you know, you take care of the process and, and whatever you got to talk to him about. So literally showed up to the field one day, walked into the dugout, waited for Pete to come up the steps into the dugout and was like, Hey man, what's going on? And uh, just sat down and started getting to work on those two pairs of cleats that he wore for the Derby and the all-star game. I feel like that's not even a common thing where he's like, oh, I'm just going to walk in the dugout. Hey, guys, I'm a regular here. No big deal. <laughs> no, I was definitely getting some looks. Uh, people definitely didn't think I belonged there. But, um, you know, as the years have gone on, 
it's been it's become a little easier for people who actually work directly with Major League Baseball and with the players to get that kind of access because you know as fun as it is and as much of as much as like the the younger version of myself would be flipping out doing oh, this yeah. it really it does just just does come down to business and um it's necessary for the process to make sure that the cleats come at exactly how the client wants them so yeah, it's a it's a cool experience, but at the same time, I'm not there to to mess around and, and make friends with you know everybody as much as I'd love to. It's about getting the business done and going back yeah. home and, and working on those shoes. It's like as much as you want to live the younger years, just being right there. You, you got to remember, okay, we're here for business. Exactly. But I, but I feel like it's like you said though. It yet it develops a good business connection. Yeah, you put a face to the product, you know, like um, we've talked how many times over Instagram and, yeah. and text and, uh, you know, being one of the first times that we've actually talked to, talked face to face, it, it changes the whole relationship immediately. And, and it's one of the interesting things, just kind of from talking about from my perspective, you know, I've messaged the tons of people to say, oh, yeah. this is what I do, want to have you involved this that and all of a sudden we you know whether it's charlotte myrtle beach or columbia as far as traveling goes we just i just finally say hey you know hey you know even talking to this account this is me how you doing and they just all of a sudden they just want to look at me and it's like you i'm like yeah i mean yes i'm young and i'm doing this and that but it's it's always helpful to build that connection because it can develop more connected exactly in my, in my perspective Absolutely. A hundred percent, you know, especially in baseball, it's, uh, it's a big world, but it's also a super small world. You know, there's only, you know, I think it's under a thousand players throughout all 30 teams on the active rosters. So, you know, uh, everybody talks to each other and they see each other on the fields and hang out with each other off the field. So, you know, you, you hook up with one right guy and, you know, he could change uh, your whole business and uh, your whole foundation change the course of your whole career. Honestly, and, you know, like I said, just kind of, I think it was that first time when you put, I can't remember if it was mine and my dad's shoes or the year before you made some shoes for somebody. You just kind of put our name out there and all of a sudden people were starting to look into the organization part of it. And it's amazing, you know, just kind of, one small thing can develop into a bigger thing, like we're saying. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> who who is somebody that you hope you get to work with in the coming future, as far as baseball? Um, I mean, we're trying to work with everybody. Uh, I mean, is there any is there any dream dream clients that you hope you get to work with? Um. Honestly, in a in in the most humbling way, every name that I've sought out to work with, I I've been blessed with the opportunity to work with them. Right. Um, yeah, I I mean I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I, I mean, my favorite player is Bryce Harper, so I would love the opportunity to work with him. But other than him, is kind of like still like the little uh, fanboy side of me. Everything else is, you know, just building the relationships with the guys that I have already, um, that I'm already working for and working with, um, you know, just getting the opportunity to continue working with them because 
you know, guys like Pete Alonso, they can go to any designer that they want, you know, they don't have to come to me. So yeah. it's something that I'm super fortunate and thankful for. And, you know, I just want to work hard and, and making sure that I keep those guys happy. One thing, I forgot to ask this, you know, with about Alonzo, and I've noticed it off of your social media from what you've been posting the last few days. You've also done some artwork on bats, if I'm not mistaken, too. Oh, yeah. So just I feel like it's kind of I don't know if it's still the same thing to, to you, but how did. How was it doing the fir your first ever bat design your first bat? How did that go? So the first bat that I ever painted, um, I was, I think, I think I just finished doing the polar bear theme cleats for the all-star game for Pete in 2019. Yeah. And uh, Pete's agent had the idea of doing a bat that matched those cleats. So uh, he reached out to the bat company that he works with, which is called Dovetail Bats. And, right. um, you know, like we were saying before, the, uh, you know, just meeting up with one guy and, and getting that to build that personal relationship with one person can change the course of, of everything that you do. Um, getting introduced to the guy, Paul, who runs Dovetail, um, you know, just from doing that one bat has, uh, you know, changed the course of, you know, what I paint on a day-to-day -day basis. Cause now instead of just doing shoes, you know, I'm able to take on orders for custom baseball bats. So doing that first bat was, uh, very challenging. You know, I drilled a hole in the ceiling. I actually think the hole's still there, drilled a hole in the ceiling, put a hook on it and, you know, dangled the bat from, from the ceiling and sprayed paint all over my room and, just a disaster. So, uh, I never did that again. I learned a new process after that. And, uh, I was actually just with Paul who runs dovetail bats this past weekend. And, uh, we just ran a giveaway of a custom bat that was inspired by the bat that Pete won his first home run derby. And so I actually have it right back here. If you're interested in seeing, we just announced the winner, uh, on our Instagram a couple days ago or actually just last night. So um, here we go. So his bat was called Haley's Comet and uh, it's after his wife's first name and the comet on the backside and back to back home run derby champ, Pete Alonzo. So sending out to the winner today, but um, yeah, gotten a little better at painting those bats. <laughs> a, a little. <laughs> A little bit. Always room for improvement, though. Oh, for sure. So, what's as in your few years now, you know, doing footwear? What's you know, you've done shoes out of your own house, and you've had guys send you their own. What's been, I guess you'd say, favorites? You know, and I guess you'd say this as the sneakerhead. What's been your favorite style of shoes to like? work with um i love working with the jordan one baseball cleats um they don't make them anymore so they're getting really hard to find and if you find them they're expensive and a lot of people don't want to pay for them and i totally understand i mean even before the customization you know the the shoe could be 300 dollars, and i totally understand something that you're going to be diving and sliding in you know spending 300 bucks before you you know i even touch them is a little steep you know, yeah. I love working with that shoe. Um, you know, that's one of my favorite sneakers of all time. 
So getting to work on the baseball version of that is even better to me. Have you ever worked with like any, I'm trying to think of, I know Griffey Jr. had a shoe line too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Griffey's got a, a shoe line. I, I've only worked on one pair of the Griffey cleats. So um, I actually okay. just did them this past winter for a guy playing down in the, in the Dominican league. Um, that's and the then, only pair of Griffey's I've ever painted. Those are cool though. Uh, yeah. I'll, just the, the, the Griffey being a fan of Griffey's, it's always oh, yeah. just kind of see those pop up and, even the old arcade game, the backyard baseball, just playing as Griffey Jr. Oh yeah, man, that that's an epic game. That might be the best baseball game of all time. Backyard baseball, Pablo Sanchez and Ken Griffey, Ken Griffey Jr. That's the way to do it. Speaking of Pablo Sanchez, this you just made me remember. On Twitter, I've seen that you custom designed a Pablo Sanchez style clean. How did you even come up with that? Because when I see it on Twitter, I'm like, dude, I need to order one. <laughs> I need to order a pair. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so I cannot take credit for the concept. Um, the client who I did those for, uh, my guy with the Cleveland Indians, Richie Palacios. Yeah. So I started working with him when he was in college. And then when he got drafted in I think 18 or 19, uh, we started doing stuff for him to wear in the minors. And, um, you know, that was one of his ideas was doing Pablo Sanchez on a pair of cleats. And I mean, I knew right away they were, they were going to go crazy. And I mean, it's been almost three years since I made those and people are still reposting them, which is mind blowing to me. Cause if I were to do them today, they'd look a lot better. You know, I look at that work, I'm like, Oh, but you know, I'm glad people are still enjoying them. And I don't know if Richie's still wearing them, but I, I hope he is, and he's still liking them. So I, I guess that kind of makes me want to say, as a as the as a designer, you try to be a spot on perfectionist when it comes to the designs and artwork. Yeah. So, um, I guess to be completely honest, I don't have an art background. Right. Um, right. You know, a lot of guys who design on custom shoes they have an art background where their skill set is more focused on uh, like a very specific level of detail and intricacy that, you know, not a lot of people in any form of art can accomplish. And for me, not having that art background, it's been a little more challenging for me to actually learn those techniques and skills. So for me, my focus is the cleanliness um, and more like the attention to detail in terms of how clean the lines are and the panels and, uh, you know, how saturated are the colors. Um, you know, maybe what some artists would look like, look at as easier things to accomplish. I kind of hone in on and focus on because I feel like that's, what's going to separate me from other people right. uh, is that level of perfectionism in even the simplest of details. Yeah, and I think we'll just, you know, I guess what I'm about to get into is, you know, you getting involved with the Sky to Softball name, you know, back in, I think it was 2018, Matt Pegler at the Pegler Agency reached out to you, mm -hmm. making, shoot, you know, having our old logo on a pair of shoes for guys by the name of Kennard McDowell. I remember doing those for him, and yeah. Connor Grant. Yep. And... I remember getting a look at those and I'm thinking, man, those are, those are dope. Like, I, I was like, maybe I just remember showing them to my dad. I'm like, you know, next year we could, we could use a pair. I'm just, 
not trying to say <laughs> we should let's spend our money, but let's do it. And so just kind of start out with this question. What do you recall just hearing any details about the softball event from through Pegler? Yeah, so I remember him reaching out and uh, telling me about a little bit about the foundation and, and what you guys do. And, uh, you know, him just telling me that he was going to send out a couple pairs of cleats for some of his clients and, uh, you know, kind of gave me colors to work with and then the logo to, to put on the shoes. And uh, I, I remember doing them and I, I remember what Kenner's look like. I don't remember what the other pair looks like, but I remember some purple and black with the, uh, the, the blue and white logo on the toes. And uh, he was with the Rockies at the time. That's why I'm. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember doing those. I, I can't, I can't remember the design of the other pair, but I remember hearing about you guys and doing them. And then, uh, you know, you guys reaching out a little bit later and, and getting the chance to work with you guys. Yeah. I remember and just kind of, top off on Connor Grant's shoes. I know he was with the Marlins at the time, so it, was too, so it might have been Marlins colors. I can't remember his shoes either. Okay. I'm, glad you, I'm glad you remember Canars because I'm like, yeah, that was when he was with the Rockies. Sure. Yeah. But, you know, when I came to you about some shoes for me and my dad, it, you, were, you were really getting into, I guess you could say, full swing of things with designing shoes and things such as that nature. Mm-hmm. I guess talking about the shoes you made for me and my dad, talk about that process because I know I feel like I probably gave it a little easier design than my dad's because I know my dad's shoes they were based off of the uh, you know one of those foundation walk walks where it was our old walk team name and the you know the 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 little dogs bulldogs on there and so just kind of. Do you, do you recall making the shoes for me and him? Yeah, I remember both pairs, of course. Okay. So, um, yeah, so your pair, um, like you said, the, the design was a little simpler because it was just the logos. Um, mm -hmm. But I remember the material on that particular Adidas shoe. Uh, it's like a very uh, wide mesh. So like all the holes in it are, are a little not they're not little they're big holes in the mesh and sometimes working with that material gets super tricky to make sure that the details come out clean yeah um so i remember having a little bit of trouble with that and, and a lot of touch-ups to make sure that those looked as as good as possible um and then your dad's shoes were the material on the shoe was like a like a vinyl-y material so a lot easier to work with but then the details and the design was a lot more complicated so yeah, um, but I had a lot of fun doing both pairs and, you know, it, it's super special to me whenever I get to design something that has a lot of meaning behind it and, and stands for something, you know, like your foundation. Yeah. And I remember just my dad's shoes, for example, I remember when we, find, I think it was when you sent me the picture of it, I'm thinking this is the most spot on shoe I've ever seen in my life. And I was that impressed with it. And, you know, then especially when you talk about mine, I know, you mentioned how mine gave you a little more, you know, challenge as far as the, te the, the texture of the shoe goes. And I just remember when I sent you the logos, one of them was the, basically a cropped out logo of my alum, high school alum yeah. logo with, you know, I cropped out the athletics part, but I gave you the, uh, the, ma the mascot of it, I think it mm -hmm. was. And I just remember looking at that. I'm like, that's what I wanted. He nailed it. Holy 
crap, how is this guy still working with us? <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm glad I was able to do a good job on those for you. Uh, like I said, they'd be a lot better if I did them today, I promise. A lot better. And then 2020, just kind of top off, you know, as far as the shoes you made for us so far, 2020, those shoes came down to the wire. I remember me and you talked about. Oh, yeah. Days. Yeah. I was um, – so I used to be a part of another business and, uh, you know, I was just starting to get off on my own and, and rebuild and restart. And uh, I was backed up for literally almost a year and I was working through those orders and refunding people. And it was a disaster. I had so much stuff going on. And I remember you reaching out and, and asking to, to get those shoes done. And I was so excited to do them. And then I think they literally got delivered the day of your event. And I, I mean, I still feel terrible about it. Um, uh, you know, that's not something that we want to do on our end uh, in terms of the turnaround time. We want to make sure we keep that short and get them delivered on time, not the day. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was nothing. I think it was more just kind of sometimes, you know, looking back on 2020, you know, COVID really kind of did a little shake up on everything in mm -hmm. society. But, you know, it was just funny. I mean, I remember texting you. I'm like, look, dude, we'll work with it no matter, you know, whether they show up when we leave that morning or whatever. And I remember we're pulling out. And as soon as we're starting down the road, we see the mail person and we literally stop in the middle of the road. My dad jumps out and the mail lady jumps out. We're like, hey, do you got something for our address? And she was like, oh, yeah, here you go. Here you go. And I'm like, I'm like, thank you. And I just remember the other funny thing about it was we did baseball cards in 2020. Mm -hmm. And that was a thorn in my side because it kind of half the people got cropped off that list, not knowing who's not who's going to get a card, who does it. Yeah. And then to thankfully we did it locally in 2020 where we could just run back to the house and grab them and come back. But I remember they showed up middle of the afternoon when we we're you know, setting up and just kind of hanging out and things like that, where it's like, you know, let's not do this last minute again, because I feel like 2020 for me was last minute just from the shoes, the cleats, but especially as I know my podcast listeners have heard me say, 2020, the field venue came down to the last minute because we had so many changes and Crazy. things such as that. I just remember sitting there, I'm thinking, we're going to get this thing in. I remember I promise people that, but people were like, yeah, I don't know if you're going to play, you know, things such as that. I'm like, I'm like, trust me. Canceling is That's amazing. You got it off, man. I mean, there were so many things that were canceled and shut down and that um, just all crazy stuff that year. So, you know, the, the dedication and determination for you guys to get that off and, and do well with it is, is something you should be super proud of. I mean, that was an insane year. You know, I, I do take pride in the event. You should. Crazy, crazy enough, it's just, you know, being 23, about to be 24 in April. You know, it doing it for going on this coming October will be nine years now. And it's, it's wow. mind-blowing to see how far it's come. That's amazing. Uh, as far as 2020 goes, I just, I just remember when the camps got canceled, the camps we escaped, the, the you know, the – camps that they have sky softball game raised money for for those wondering at home you know when i just heard that i'm just kind of sitting there i'm thinking i'm like are we going to play 
Well, I'm not, I'm thinking this back in summertime, like I, mm-hmm. I shouldn't be worried, but I'm like, no, nah, I'm sure, you know, and I just remember kind of just talking it over, you know, whether it was my mom or dad, I, you know, you've heard me say my dad's basically the right hand guy behind the event. My mom's on the left hand side, but me and, you know, me and dad, we do a lot of the running around and things such as that. I just kind of talked it over with them. I'm like, should I'm like, we have a chance to give people something and I don't want to let that opportunity come by me. Absolutely. And it was definitely mind blowing just to see in COVID standards, how the event went to, you know, like we talked about off air to raising 10,000 this year and we get to do it all over again. It's, it's going to be madness. You it's know? going to be super special. It'll be awesome. Oh yeah, and one, I think one of these years, maybe next year for year ten, we'll get you down to South Carolina. That would be awesome. I, I would love to be there. That'd be an honor. So, this kind of coming around third and coming home with this podcast. What what's some advice as a? I know you're a finance major and a you know being a business person. What's what advice would you give to anybody, say, in the business world or, you know, in school, like with marketing and things such as that? What's, what's a piece of advice you could give them? Uh, not to be cliche, but if you have an idea, you know, and you think there's any chance that it's going to be something that's scalable and, uh, you know, potentially profitable and honestly, most importantly, something that you're going to enjoy spending time doing, just run with it and start it. Um, You know, there's a bunch of things that I want to do this year that I've been saying for two years, I want to get started on, you know, from YouTube to posting more on TikTok and really building my social media presence. You know, I've kind of been delaying on that and and not getting a head start on it. And, uh, you know, I just got to bear down and do it. And, you know, I would tell that to anybody who has an idea, um, you know, you can, you can start something and you can fail and you can move on to the next thing. But if you want to start something and you never do it, you're going to regret it the rest of your life. You know, it's a lot easier to swallow a failure than it is never trying. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's kind of in my aspect of it kind of relates to the, uh, that one little scene in Moneyball where, you know, they, 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 Brad Pitt, you know, playing as Billy Bean was in Boston about the whole Boston general manager job. And the guy, the guy who was the Red Sox owner just talks about every, you know, everyone, you'll, you'll get bloody no matter what. You yeah. Do. And, it's, and so I just kind of look at it from that point of view. It's like, you'd rather like, kind of like, you know, just like you said, it, you'd rather try knowing than sit back and say, well, what if I actually did try this? Yeah. I mean, I would be in a totally different world right now. You know, like, like you mentioned, I, I studied finance and I appreciate you remembering that sometimes I forget what I studied. Um, you know, if I, I could have taken school more seriously, um, you know, it was a priority for me to finish, but it really wasn't a priority, you know, through the process to do that. Well, you know, I had to maintain a scholarship. And as long as I did that, I, I didn't really care about anything else. Um, which, you know, some people might say it's not the smart thing to do, but um, I was thinking more into the future and, and more about building, you know, a, a little empire for myself that I could look back one day on and, and be super proud of and, 
you know, hopefully make a living for it from it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously in the middle of that process right now. And I, I don't know where the end is, but, uh, you know, hopefully one day, uh, I, I reach those goals, but, um, yeah, I, I think anybody who has an idea at, at any age, you know, there's, you always feel like there's a lot to lose, but at the end of the day, there's really nothing to lose. You know, I, I think about how much security I want to have and, you know, I, I want to make sure I have a certain amount of money or uh, I'm able to take care of a certain amount of things. And, you know, I'm just living at home. You know, what do I have to lose if I try something and fail? Who cares? You know, I I'm not doing too much more than the shoes anyways. Right. I mean, it's just like you said, you, I feel like you're kind of just go off what you said there. You're slowly building an empire and it's, it's Trying. quite impressive. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, and I, and I'm, I'm just a small part of it as a, one of your supporters and customers. <laughs> that means a lot to me. But lastly, Anthony, I, you know, I appreciate you for doing this. But lastly, I'm going to give you the floor here. Plug away any social medias that they can find you on the website. Plug it away. Thank you, man. Um, just off the top of my head, we got to talk about maybe setting something up where uh, we raise money on, on my platform as well for you guys, because okay. I, I love what your mission is and what you guys do. And, you know, more than just the shoes, any way that I could help out, uh, I would love to. Um, so Definitely. we'll talk off air about that. But uh, my social media is at Lucia Footwear Co. Uh, that's across Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, trying to build up that TikTok. Uh, my website's luciafootwearco.com. Um, and if you have any interest in ordering a pair of customs or learning about the process, you can direct message me on Instagram or email me at luciafootwearco at gmail.com. And there you have it, ladies and oh, forgot my line. And for those who want to follow the Sky to Softball event, Sky to Softball G, that's on Twitter and Instagram skysoftball.com for the website and wherever you listen to your podcast on apple spotify or whatever that may be make sure you leave a like and subscribe to the sky softball podcast once again anthony thank you for coming on today my pleasure thanks for having me brother